Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Hello, KM family. Thank you, Shannon, for that wonderful introduction as always. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your life right now to listen to this message, this conversation, this podcast. We're on episode 12, and we're truly grateful, the team and I, for your contribution, your perspective, your comments, your insight. It's been truly amazing. And today, we have a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I think you're going to be quite uh, charged from it. You're going to walk away with a, a system, and I think that you're going to produce some great fruit coming out of this. And so we're going to have a conversation around the biblical framework for transformation, success, and fulfillment. And I thought this would be great because so oftentimes we as Christians, people of faith, faith-based leaders are seeking a structure that we can attach our discipline to, our work ethic to, our belief to, our faith to, to produce an outcome that is tangible in perspective, it's enriching in the process, it's challenging, right? It allows us to experience all the human needs that we have. And we're going to talk about the six human needs that we all are designed to want to experience. And sometimes we experience these needs in a um, positive perspective. Other times they can be negative depending on how we approach it. And my responsibility to you today is to really make sure that you align yourself in a biblical nature so that you're manifesting good fruit. You're sowing good seed because what we don't want to do is sow bad seed and then we reap bad harvest as a result of that. And behaviorally, we want to always remain conscious, especially as people of faith, because if we allow our emotion to step in and cause us to react in a derogatory uh, nature, then we don't realize that because we are heirs and children of God, we're also going to, to I mean, um, negatively empower the laws that, are gov- that we're governed by, uh, our biblical laws. Now, a lot of this information that we're going to come from is actually going to be coming right out of my book, The Art of the Struggle. And I remember when I wrote this book, back in 2014. I wrote The Art of Struggle because I was in the jungle of struggle, okay? I don't know if you can relate, but I was in a place in my life where I lost my first successful business. It was also my first business. And what I mean by loss, I got distracted. I became irresponsible. I stopped doing what I was supposed to do in order to be or continue the success that God had blessed me with because I was full of self. I didn't recognize that it was the gift that God was giving me, the grace, the mercy, the favor I was having. And I didn't recognize I had all those attributes 
that, or, or I should say those gifts from God until he took them away and the work, I was still putting in the same level of work, right, to get it back. I was, you know, after being distracted, traveling, enjoying life. And then I'm like, there's no fruit coming. And I know I'm skilled. I know that I'm gifted. Why aren't I receiving, you know, results? And then this caused me to go into a journey. And, you know, I share part of the journey in the first episode um, in the uh, Parking Lot Evangelista, part one and part two. I recommend if you have not heard that, I will go back and listen to those podcasts because it will give you great context to leading up to this book. And so I really wanted to create something that could be a framework and a system for transformation, success and fulfillment. I needed to overcome my struggles. You're probably thinking to yourself right now too, how do I harness my struggle, find opportunity and adversity, leverage that to propel me into the direction, whether that direction is improving my family life, you know, improving the relationship with your loved ones. It could be uh, finances, right? Financially and business, personally, right? Increase uh, saving, investing, having favor over those assets so that they prosper successfully. It could also be fitness. You're not liking the, your body, the contour of your body right now, your physiology. Maybe you're dealing with some ailments right now or you're just fatigued and, and, and mentally fatigued because of what you're consuming and we're over overindulging and you may not understand why. And what happens is, is that once you become acutely aware of your struggles and then you can identify them and you're now being truthful with yourself about them, then the next thing you have to do is be able to create a framework or a process that will take you from allowing your flesh to control you to stepping into a spiritual realm, gaining the strength, gaining the wisdom, right? And then ultimately taking the action to transform that to never return back to that. And so the art of struggle has five laws. And when I was developing these five laws, I actually wrote the book, applied the five laws to my personal life. Because when I used the word incontrovertible, I didn't want to get into a debate with people. I didn't want to, you know, there's always someone or a small portion of the population that wants to challenge, right? It's just the critics. So I used this as a personal framework for an entire year and I became my own, my own case study and it transformed everything simply because I said, look, these laws were given to me through the grace of God. I was downloaded and I took 90 days. I spoke the book and I used Dragon, the Dragon software to dictate. It was absolutely amazing. And before I knew it, there was over 40 plus thousand words, a structure, my story, my journey is along with you. Now, I'm not sharing this with you because I want you to go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble right now and get a copy. I'm letting you know that we're preparing to relaunch The Art of the Struggle. And with this will come a 51-minute training that I did for a private group of entrepreneurs um, it was several hundred people, I think five or six hundred people that I trained on the five laws. 
And so what we're going to do is we're going to take the book, we're going to bundle that training, more than likely as an audio, and then give you a guide, a study guide, and put that together to help you enhance the experience with this book. Because the ultimate goal is for it to be transformational, to produce success, which means to achieve a worthy endeavor that you define. And that may be getting your purpose from understanding your purpose from God, being equipped for that purpose, and then taking the action to manifest that purpose. Truly is a definition of success. But then ultimately being fulfilled. Money will not fill you up. Success will not fill you up. But growth and contribution will help you become fulfilled. And that's what we're going to do as we walk through this. Okay. So let's go ahead and go in, segue into a couple of things. Quick update too. I don't know if I shared on the last episode, but I am just so proud of my 11-year-old, which is his birthday today. So happy birthday, RJ. And my 9-year-old, who will be 10 in September. The boys are very close in age. They launched their own food business right at the tail end of our driveway. Right now in our community, there's a lot of development. People are putting pools in. People are getting a lot of landscaping done. It's a newer subdivision. I saw the guy gave me the vision. I shared it with them. I said, listen, guys, if we bought some premium hamburgers and hot dogs and created combos, I think you two could do really well. They invested their money. They took that investment day one of a hundred dollars and in the same the next day which was Tuesday they made a hundred they did hundred eighty three dollars in sales and they've consistently been doing this now for the last two weeks two hours a day from eleven thirty to one thirty occasionally they go to two PM and the results and the favor has been tremendous. I mean God has really blessed them where in the first week they're both individually earning about two hundred and fifty dollars after expenses after they, they also give 10% of their net profits to uh, food banks, right? Right now, Gleaners is the food bank of choice. And so they're contributing money right now to charity, which I'm really proud of them. And just seeing them now earning consistently, selling consistently is so empowering. And I'm telling you right now, when you are a kingdompreneur, you can pass this on, whether you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you can pass this entrepreneurial spirit on to your children to solve problems, to create products, to use skill sets of effective communication, influence, to use interpersonal skills, emotional intelligence. That's something that we spend a lot of time in our home really equipping them because we realize that once they move into the real world independent of their mother and father, that they are going to need these skills to maximize and get the most out of their earthly life. And so seeing it manifest right before my eyes has just been so rewarding. I've been so charged and excited watching them and just seeing who they're becoming in this process. And they don't even know, but this is going to be such a tremendous asset to them moving forward that I'm just excited for the future and what they're going to produce and the fruit they're going to create and the men that they're going to become as a result. So boys, if you're listening to this message, I want you to know that daddy is really proud of you, that mommy is really proud of you, that what you're doing right now, serving the construction workers, the utility men, the 
um, UPS, FedEx, delivery services, like anyone that's a service provider in the community, you're providing them with quality food at a very reasonable price. And as a result, you're the beneficiaries of that hard work. And you want, if you're listening, wondering who's doing the cooking, it's me. Yes, I am the chef right now. I am the, the person on the grill each and every day with some hot dogs and hamburgers in between meetings, in between conference calls. I'm out there and it's become a real family effort. My wife is making sure the condiments are freshly cut and prepared. Um, our oldest daughter, she's essentially working for them by helping set up and clean and break down. And it's really become a, a family affair. And, and even our 19th, month, our 19th month old Adonis goes out and he's observing, he's watching, he's experiencing. Uh, Giselle is only seven months, so she has no idea what's taking place. But it's really created this camaraderie with the family uh, right between the hours of 1030 and, and 2 o'clock every single day. It's really been great uh, spending that quality time helping them support them. And so I, I say all this that you will find something similar for you and your family to enrich you, right? When we think about the three Fs, we think about family, fitness, finances, and we want to be elevating all three of those areas. And, you know, we're going to continue to teach you on exactly how to do that. Okay, so let's rambling. Let's get right into it, right? And so the biblical framework for transformation, success, and fulfillment and I think one of the greatest examples biblically is really actually coming out of Genesis, right? And it starts in chapter 12, 13, excuse me, chapter yes, 12 through 15, when um, God calls Abram. And whenever you think about what God does and, and just his framework, you'll see a pattern. And the pattern that you're going to consistently see that takes place in the Bible. And if last week you were listening, I was thinking about the three Ps, right? It's principles, promises, patterns. And so the pattern that you'll notice with God is that disruption pre, I mean, supersede, I mean, precedes intention. So you got intention, then disruption. And so when God calls you and you accept you can count on disruption. Now, why is that? Well, the, the simplest answer is because the enemy is going to try to remove you from that calling, disrupt what it is that God called you to do, that blessing, that assignment, because he, he is the kingdom. I mean, he is the king of destruction. He wants to rob, kill, and destroy, right? Like, and the king of lies. So that's his intention. So he has to do that, right? And, and once you, as a Christian, understand the pattern of how the enemy works. And I have a training I did on the enemy because I think it's important that you recognize his pattern. And when you fundamentally understand his pattern, then you are able to navigate through it, expecting it and be remaining wise and diligent. So therefore you don't get caught off guard and, and become, um, you don't waver from what it is that God called you to do. Well, God called Abram and he told Abram, 75 or 76 years old that he was going to bless him and Abram at this time is childless right he has no children no heirs and he said I'm going to make your name great and if you don't know history in order for your name to be great that name needs to continue right I'm fortunate if I have three boys all with the last name flowers they will continue 
And if it's in God's will, they will have some boys and those boys and then the flower's name will continue to live on as a result of that. And you may, you're more than likely in your hierarchy, uh, probably are a result of that too. I want you to spend some time after this podcast going through this because you're going to realize that how God took Abram from the call all the way to the covenant and just the process he took him in, you're going to notice some similarities with the five E's. And the five E's, which are laws, okay, the first one is you have the law of embracement. And so in order for change to come or transformation to occur, you have to welcome it, okay? So that's embracement. Then you have the law of engagement. The law of engagement means that you have to be a part of your own rescue. And if you think about it, we can't just rely on God to get things right for us. We have to be a part of that. So we have to engage, right? We, we can't just be aware now. We have to engage. And once we engage, the next law, law number three, is the law of equipping. So when you are being equipped, there are some attributes and assets in any realm that you apply this framework to that you're going to be equipped with. But fundamentally, some of the ones that are referenced in the book will be a vision, mindset, standards, perspective, right? Four fundamentals that I discuss in The Art of Struggle, just in the initial onset that you're going to need as a sub framework into any other equipping skills, understandings that you're going to have both biblically or non-biblically, you're going to need that. And then when we go into the fourth law, which is the law of empowerment. And so you have to remember Oh, excuse me, let me go back to number three. So the law of equipping, you're going to need the right tools for the right job. Law number four, which is the law of empowerment, you have to be ready to take action, right? So you are the one that needs to take action and be empowered in order for what you've learned to be able to sow the effective seeds to produce results. And then the fifth law is a law of elevation. When you elevate, when you get better, when you are a better representation of yourself, the best representation of yourself, everything and everyone around you also gets better. It's a law. It is sound. It is like the law of thermodynamics or gravity physics. It will happen. And so I wanted to kind of take that same, and, and listen, you can take this framework or this system, which system, the acronym for system that we would use in the industry and network marketing is save yourself time, energy, and money, right? Because a system is a strategy that can produce results on demand. And so if you're looking for a transformation in your fitness, a transformation in your finances, or even a transformation with your family, having a framework will allow you to do that. And that's what we're doing right now is we're providing you with a framework. And we're going to talk about it from a biblical standpoint and then how you can kind of implement this into your life. And I just really want anyone that's listening right now to really be blessed. Like we are in a, really a need, at least I believe so, of just raising up, you know, the Josephs of the world. We really need people to amass and steward hundreds of billions of dollars for us to really compete against the enemy's system of legislation, entertainment, education, some areas in the workforce. And so my responsibility, my purpose is to create the constructs that will enable 
the Josephs, the Abrams, the Moseses of today's time to rise up, the Sarahs, right? I mean, you can go on and on, but to raise them up. And I see right now that, you know, God's working through some tremendous women in the marketplace, men. And even though the enemy is trying to get us to compete, man versus woman, which I think is crazy, like, my wife and I went to go see Barbie yesterday. And you could just see that there's an agenda, right? Like it, it was just this man versus female conversation, uh, women being empowered through ruling men. And I, I just, it's, it's obvious to you because once you have biblical eyes, you can't unsee these things. You can see the intention. You can see how they're trying to groom little girls and, and get them to be, I can do anything. I don't need a man. If you notice, there's no messaging in the marketplace telling men that they don't need women. And if we're to be together, Adam and Eve, God made it this way. Why is it that there's always a messaging about a woman not needing a man? Well, if you think about it from a agenda standpoint, if we have same sex relationships or heterosexual men and women not together, then we start reproducing and then we begin to destroy God's family and the reproduction of God's family. So it's really the enemies on the mission and we have to be very conscious of not getting caught up emotionally or what we've been indoctrinated through our experiences to not be to be reminded of what biblically God wants and what God is ordained and he's going to win, right? Like there's no losing. He's already won. We've already won. But while we're on this journey of life, we have to remember not to go by what we see, but to go by what we know, right? And the renewing of our mind is really critical. And that's why conversations and podcasts like the Kingdompreneur podcast helps you live it out so that you can not conform to this world, which is exactly what the enemy is working very hard to do. And he's very good at it, if you think about how he does it. But when you know who he is and what he is, then you understand to not get caught up in that. So when we look at the laws, let's start with the law of embracement. To embrace. If we want a transformation on a biblical level, then our responsibility is to move towards the Lord, right? The Lord's not going to come to us. And that's sometimes when the biggest discrepancies or misunderstandings or, or people take out of context that, oh, if I just call on the Lord and I don't move closer, create an intimate relationship, an independent relationship, a consistency of communication in that relationship, that I can expect for all these fruits, all these increases, all the promises to come to pass. And that's not how it works. Then the second law in the law of engagement, you know, we have to commit to following God's commandments, his principles, his way of life, right? That the promises that he offers us comes through a commitment for us to do our part. So we have to engage that part of us mentally, physically, and consistently do that. But if we're disengaged, then look, going to church every Sunday is a part of the process, but it's not the entire process. And the, and the indoctrination and belief has become, well, this person goes to church every Sunday, so they, they must be Christian. They must have God's favor, God's presence around them. And the answer to that is that's not actually not true. That's, not a, that's a truism, but it's not fact. Then when we go into equipping, right? Having the right tools, right? So yes, is the Bible a tool? Of course. Are there um, study tools that you're going to need? Yes. 
Are you going to need to expand your vocabulary? Yes. Like understanding things in context is really important because you're going to need to learn his word. You're going to need to understand it in context and then give it the correct meaning. Majority of people who are powerless as Christians that are not getting the benefit of being a Christian is because it's the opposite. They don't, they're not in the word, thinking about the word. They don't have it understood in context and therefore they have the wrong meaning. And as you know, like anything, if there's an equation, if we're trying to get to a certain outcome and if we, or ingredients, let's just use a better example, like baking a cake or cookies um, or preparing a, a certain meal a certain way, like if the ingredients are off, the, the final product will not be what was expected. And it's kind of like today, even in the world, the fact that we have seedless fruit, right? Like, I mean, there's just so many clear signs that if you pay attention, what the world's trying to do. Like, why would we have seedless fruit? Because when fruit's natural, it needs to be able to reproduce, right? That's how God designed it. But then man re-engineered it to, to give it a better taste, to have longer shelf life, to be able to last longer for profitability, and we consume it unconsciously. And there's just so much we consume unconsciously. So getting equipped is also becoming educated. And then not taking the education into a place of wisdom, knowing how to use that education. The law of empowerment. Once we get the word, understand it in context, its meaning, then equipping, I mean empowerment, means we have to live it out. We can't be quasi, we can't be semi, we have to be all in and live it out. And so living it out is like, what is your prayer regimen look like? How are you treating people, right? Especially the people that can't do anything for you. Anyone who is someone who has wisdom will tell you, just as I am telling you, how you treat people that can't add value to you directly will tell you a lot about who you are. And if you're truly a child of God, loving all people, you know, is essential. It's very essential to be able to do that. But if you're hardened, if you're easily irritated, if you experience road rage, if you're ready to cuss and, and, and get angry the moment something is not happening the way you want, that is a part of you that needs to be delivered and needs to change because you can't say I am a Christian and I love people and then I'm treating people bad because in my mind they, they deserve it or they did something to me. That's not the trade-off. We have to be in a place. And I can speak from, from experience of, of people wanting to wrong me and me wanting to respond but saying, hey, I'm going to leave it to God. You know, there's, there's a story that now you'll get a lot of this for those of you who are in our mentorship program and experience the training. I'm going to share these stories in context so you get the right meaning of what it is that we're supposed to be doing as people of faith. And then the fifth law, be it, you have to, when it comes to the law of elevation, when God elevates you, part of your responsibility after being elevated is to be an example. If people are around you and they don't feel like you're different, that your they may say your energy, your vibe is different, that when you're around, they feel uplifted, they feel inspired, they feel encouraged, um, they feel confused, 
then you haven't reached that that place of significance in a biblical context where now you are an example. You're a walking, talking example. And that when people see you, they see that. You know, a lot of times my neighbors will tell me, like, we see that when you're walking your children, if you see some trash on somebody else's yard, you'll stop and pick it up. Why do I do that? Because not because I want to be seen doing it, because I want my community to be clean, period. If I'm walking with my children, riding bikes, it doesn't matter. I want it to be clean. Now, am I okay if somebody's not going to do that in my yard? Of course. I don't expect someone else to do it. But I'm a child of God. I have a higher calling, a higher responsibility. And when you begin to elevate your thinking and elevate yourself and your growth and your contribution, then you too will be a place where you have a more abundant perspective on everything. Not just money, but love, your fitness, your family, friendships, faith, across the board, all the F's, you'll have a more abundant nature. And so I mentioned to you, and I want to kind of transition now into kind of a two-minute recap. I think ultimately, when you look at the biblical framework, when you take this framework, you put it to work, you allow time to manifest because there is a, a series of equipping. And in that equipping, you're getting educated, you're learning, you're becoming wiser, and then you get to produce fruit, and then you can assess the fruit, pray over the fruit, you know, continue to build a relationship with God biblically, spiritually, and, and really just cement who you are as a child of God. I think that it's essential for you to take a message like this and replay it, listen to it over and over, write down right now in your life what it is exactly that you feel like you may be falling short in, right? The area of sin, uh, the area of commitment, be honest with yourself because the first law of love embracement, you have to welcome it in order for transformation to occur. If you don't welcome, if you continue to reject it, push it away, lie to yourself, then you're always in this semi-state of prosperity, semi-state of fulfillment, and, and ultimately you're going to lack joy and you're going to lack peace because you're incongruent or unaligned. We want congruency. And that starts with you being honest with you while building your, strengthening your independent relationship with your Heavenly Father. Now, why do I say independent? Because regardless of what's happening in your home, your community, your workspace, that's your Father and you have to have a relationship. It means more prayer, which is more communication, more dependency in that communication for guidance, wisdom, discernment, being patient having understanding, right? Even when you don't understand, all is essential. And then I want to talk about, you know, as far as a takeaway, you have to understand that you're going to be able to apply this framework to your dating life. You can apply it to your work life. You can apply it to raising your children. Like this framework can be, it's applicable to multiple areas of your life and it will give you a sound outcome each and every time. But the human needs, Certainty, right? As humans, we need certainty. We need, in our mind, security. And But when you are a person of faith, a Christian, the word faith, when you truly believe in God's word, his promises will give you certainty. Now, in the human realm of certainty, if we have too much of it, we become bored. And therefore, we begin to look for what? Uncertainty. Now, we can look for uncertainty in the positive or the negative. I encourage the negative, meaning look for challenges, things to strengthen you, 
things to cause you to think outside of your box, things to cause you to take on some risk. That'll create the uncertainty. The third feeling we need is significance, to feel important. And that can come from being a parent. That could become from significance in the things you have. You can find significance in the experiences you have. But grounded significance is being a lover and server of God's people. That's where you want to do it. You don't want to end the things because things come and go, right? And you don't want to end things that you can't rely on. That's why having a relationship with your Heavenly Father is essential. And then connection, love, that's a human need. And so when you're looking at your life, how would you rate that? You know, on a scale of one to 10, how is your love relationships with friends, family? You know, if you're honest with yourself, you can see where there's opportunity for improvement. And then the last two are the most important because this is where fulfillment's found, which is growth. You know, finding the area that challenges us, that causes us to grow. You know, if you're excelling already in several areas of your life and but it's kind of mundane finding somewhere else, find a greater challenge. And my challenge to you would be stewardship. Take yourself from ownership to steward. How do I steward more resources to help serve God's people? And then I'll take you into the final need, which is contribution, right? Playing team. And whose team are you on? God's team. So be a contributor. Find a way to contribute to your community, friends, family. And ultimately, you'll uh, through this process, if you don't already know, you'll know your purpose and then you'll equip yourself for that purpose so you, you can go out and effectively be um, a instrument with your purpose. So I hope this helped. I hope you enjoyed the message and I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.